Hey guys, this is John uh, running solo today, and this is another episode of the Meat Justics podcast presented by Waltons. So we were going to have Austin. He was actually in here, um, and then pretty sure he's ill in some, maybe in two ways. Uh, sick. Stomach he's ill. Sick with it. And maybe like sick, sick. So uh, not doing good. So we kicked him out. I didn't want to get anything. Um, so I'm running solo today. We've got Patrick behind the... What are we calling that? The board? I, whatever's cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't want to fall in love with the name just when we decide to change it. So so uh, we will probably be a little bit quicker than normal on this. Uh, a couple of just housekeeping notes. Uh, we now have a different way of drawing winners on live streams. Uh, we're going to do away with the viral sweep for the Slash Live giveaways. We're making it just anybody who enters a comment we will be able to draw your name directly from that. We had NodeBB who hosts Meetgistics for us. Uh, we had them write us a custom little script that allows us just to hit a button that says pick a winner. It then brings up your name. We can click on that and get right to your profile. Um, and you've commented in the last 30 minutes. So is the person here, is the person not here, is a thing of the past. It will only be people who have commented like in the last 30 minutes and uh, multiple comments does not increase your chances of winning. So no spamming the chat. It won't help you at all. And it would just decrease the quality of the conversation. So that's what we've got that's kind of new going on. Um, we've also got some cool new items coming. Um, our Pee Wee Herman inspired ridiculous size like, digital probe thermometer is coming. It's like our Walton's long probe thermometer but much bigger. It has a 12 inch probe on it. Um, I, first time I saw it, I just started laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> uh, process head was the one, I guess, who brought it up to Austin, but I am coming around to it because Wait, which one do you have? This there? is the regular. Yeah. That's the regular. One. Yeah. The 12 inch <laughs> probe one comes out to about here. No, no, no. no. Hold on. I'm going to get it. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like something out of the circus or so already a long probe, right? We can all agree. Ish and then compared to that, that one. Yeah. Now I'm coming around to it because I'm liking the idea of not having to stick my head in my smoker to see what the temp of my steak is. Yeah. And if I'm grilling something really hot, I have sensitive hands. Sure. So they won't get burned. So process head gets one for free because he was the one who made us get them. Uh, but yeah, that should be coming sooner rather than later. Um, I, he told me he wants a dime for every unit sold until he gets oh, he, wa his, he wants he some his, on the back end? Yeah, until he gets his eight grand that's, back. That's not the way we do it. Sorry, I watch a lot of Shark Tank. Recently. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that's not the way we do things. Uh, we talked a little bit about having something really cool for the holiday season. Uh, we are not going to have that. Um, we were coming up with a different casing. What? Uh, as What'd you do? Our vendor was not. Something got lost in translation, mm. um, but for next year, we should have some really cool holiday fibers casings for you. So uh, if you're watching the live stream and you were wondering what that was about, we had things other than just the Santa Claus casings, um, but apparently there's a reason that nobody else has them I guess because they're not easy to do, but we will have them for next year. Um, on In other news, I think I'm probably going to have to leave my job at Walton's and just go become Speaker of the House. Seems like nobody else wants to do it. I don't want to do it, but someone's going to have to. I'll do it. What do they even do all day? I, 
don't know. My first rule will be that a 19 millimeter snack stick casing goes on a 19 millimeter <laughs> tube. I will then dissolve the Senate and we'll move on. Oh man. But I am getting that done. Uh, about three or four weeks ago, Dylan Walton sent me an email and basically just said, this is a really cool trick. I don't understand how it works or like, I don't think it's going to work. So I started reading and basically what they were saying, when we grind anything, we're almost always double grinding it. But what we do is as we grind the last little bit, so we put the last clump of meat down into our grinder, we always grab some of what's already been ground and put it back down there. That's to help force everything through the grinding plate and knife, right? Because it needs something behind it to give, you know, to push it for the auger to push it, um, which is fine, but it is kind of a pain in the butt. What this article proposed was taking a paper towel and putting it down there behind the meat. And that paper towel would push down and get all the meat out through the grinding plate and knife, but wouldn't grind itself. I don't see how that's possible. Um, I refused to believe it. So we immediately ran out and grabbed a few pork butts, ground them up. I don't even remember what we made with them, probably just some sort of snack stick. Um, but we took some, they're a little bit special paper towels, but like nothing, they're not like the tough rags that we sell. They're just like shop paper towels. So once we were done with the first grind, I took two of those paper towels, I put them down, I pushed them down with the stomper so the auger could grab them and then watched. And more meat came out, more meat came out, then more meat stopped coming out and no paper towel came out. So we've got a video of it here. You can see I'm pushing it down. I've got it all the way where the auger is grabbing it. And then more meat is coming out, pretty much all of the meat. And there is no fibers. There's no nothing coming out of that, of the uh, plate and knife. I don't understand what the mechanism is that prevents it from, but it doesn't even like start getting cut by the knife. An added benefit of it is also that the inside of your grinder is a lot cleaner oh, after sure. that. It's, you know, you're still going to have to get a grinder head brush or something and get down in there, but it gets all the gunk out of there. It makes it a lot easier. Some sort of sorcery that maybe I don't trust. Yeah, it's yeah. You might want to avoid this, actually. You might then need an old priest and a young priest. Yeah. It's possible that you're summoning some sort of demon. So maybe don't do yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Well, did you tell him we had, it was a Ouija board night before that? And then... I mean, isn't every night? So, yeah. So, we do say on Saturdays in here. So, no. Anyways, but seriously, like, when we, we pushed it through, it made it a lot cleaner. And like I said, it actually, no bits came through, no fibers. Is it because it's super malleable and yet still a solid? I just think we're getting lucky and there's nothing <laughs> behind it to give it the force to push oh, down to for the sure. knife. I don't think there's anything about the paper towel itself that stops it. Yeah. I think if we put enough there's paper towels nothing. down there, it would eventually do it. In fact... Now we got to try to We're doing grind that. paper towels. We're going to try grinding nothing but paper towels. Okay. How's Just that? Just keep shoving them down there. How's that for going green, right? Not paper towels. Not very. I meant vegan. You know, those guys need to work their stuff out. Everything vegan's green. But we've got a, some vegan stuff to talk about coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember when I was in like seventh grade, somebody came and talked to us about how paper towels were now bad and you had to go back to whatever towels and the thing I took away from it was, you're just going to have to tell your mom she's going to have to do more laundry. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, that's a, a, you're not making me mad, buddy. Good luck with that, you know, convincing my mom of that. But B, like, 
Doesn't laundry use up like clean water and energy and all that? Oh man, I'm that battle. Sure, I'm talking about like they haven't changed paper towels or toilet paper at all in schools over the last fifty years. Oh, I'm sure. Like, what is going right. on? If anything, it's probably gotten worse. Oh, it's probably yeah, it's probably gotten worse. Um, I remember they took the stalls off the door, you know, the doors off the stalls. I went, what is Well, yeah, you went to, what's happening? I think you here? went to a special high school for like, <laughs> people who were either criminals or like, eh, he looks like he could be just, a criminal. No, nah, just one of the high schools. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same high school experience I had. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. It was only like a bomb threat. <laughs> one, one for four years, I feel like was pretty good, so. The, I, the stuff kids got to put up with terrible. now, but they can at least read about it before they get to school. Well, know? all right. But going back to the the water thing, mm. they say not to wash your dishes by hand. That it actually uses less water if you use your dishwasher. But who all? But not every house has a dishwasher. I would say well over half the houses in America have a dishwasher. Wow, well, you got to look that up. I've never had a dishwasher until recently, and we don't use it. Well, I'm telling you're you're hurting the Mother Earth is crying every time you. <laughs> all right. I used to ask my mom, why don't we have a dishwasher? And my dad's like, she's standing right there. <laughs> of U.S. homes with dishwashers. All right, take a guess. 43. That do have it? Do. Yeah. 68%. Dang. So I was flip right. flop. Nice. I was right. Wait, did you use Bing? I did use Bing. <laughs> ask, the, ask its older brother. <laughs> ask Let's its, ask its older and much more went successful brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this legacy that just got in. Exact same number, sixty-eight oh, okay, percent. Cool. All right. So, uh, but hold on. From two thousand seventeen, fifty-four percent have both a dishwasher and use it once a week. Okay, so no, it's sixty-eight percent. Well, so what's the verdict on? Because I hear it both ways from it's commercials and consumers. I get what you're saying with the with the amount of water, but like, is it getting the dishes clean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So oh. just you could put them in dirty. Or do you have to pre-rinse? Oh, you got to pre-rinse a little bit. So are we really saving water mm -hmm. for pre rinsing I assume they factored that in. You, I mean, who knows? I, I assume a lot of things. A study. I mean, we all know every commercial happens so fast, and then those asterisks down at the bottom, and then they say something, and you can't see it. You're just like, ah, right, what was that? Nah, don't uh, worry about it. This this study is totally fake. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, another thing, I, was, I saw some Instagram something or other where this guy was talking about uh, the supposed 7% inflation rate. Mm -hmm. And he started walking around either Sam's or Costco and was like, no, this used to be, this is $15.98 for these lentils and it was $7 last year. So that got me thinking, we have to do expense reports here. Um, and my obviously number one thing I expense is food from either Sam's, Walmart, Dylan, something like that. And I have to keep all those receipts when they're over a certain amount. So I went back and found one of my old ones. Um, this was from 2021, and it was at Walmart. I went through line by line and found the ex either the exact same item or I completely removed it. So like there's a wild cod on here that I couldn't find anything remotely in the price range. So I just, I removed it. Uh, one or two other things. But I, so when I remove those items, I go from a $91 subtotal to an $85 subtotal on my 2021 receipt. Those same items right now would be $108. So it's a $23 increase. Yeah. Now, I don't know how to actually find that 
rate of inflation there because that's math mm-hmm. and that's not something <laughs> that I do. If Excel can figure it out easily, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But if I have to like, you have to, if it's so, like, do I, do I prompt it? Yeah. I'm like, am I dividing that by the new total or the old total? Like, I don't get that. So I don't care, but it's basically 25% okay. on food items in the last two years. Now go back five years. Mm-hmm. And I would hazard a guess that food is up close to 50%. The biggest shocks to me were eggs, a dozen eggs in 2021 were 68 cents. They are now $1.34. There is uh, Wonder Bread hamburger buns were $2.40. They're now $3.26. Ground beef is $5.22 right now. It was, yeah, I lost it. I knew I was going to lose it. The, I mean... Everyone quit going to the store, right? We'll drive the demand back down. <laughs> I got three pounds of it for 10, 10 48. And it's 522. So it's like 15, 16 versus 1044. Listen up. 1048. Sorry. Right. I stop mean, it's be, just stop eating so much food, it's everybody. It's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane how much the price of food items have gone up. Um, the one that didn't were Hawaiian sweet rolls. Those came down, surprisingly. Oh no! I just bought those. They like, came down like a dollar. Oh, what were they before, dude? I got I got absolutely destroyed on a, a set of Hawaiian sweet rolls. Three forty four now. Oh, for how many? Oh, I don't know, like twelve. No, 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 no. Six. Well, I don't, now that I don't know. Now what? that you say the number, I'm trying to. Dude, I spent like ten dollars on mine. Do you think I'm my, wrong? Mine, no, no, no. That's possible. The amount. That's possible. Mine was eight ninety nine for just the sweet rolls, J- dude. All right, I take it back then. You're telling me. <laughs> then this might even be worse than me, I initially thought. It was $8.99. It was the size that are like this. Like it wasn't just the small square one. It was like the rectangular one. And it was $8.99. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine was a small square one. And I went, what? Well, and that's then, a great price. I'd jump all over three something. You get two of them. For some reason, we have a tax rate of 7.5%, which is absolutely ridiculous. But let's not get going on that. Um, or I'll get a talking to from Brett. Sure. Um, all right. Uh, that's what we have for non-meat matter stuff. Is there anything? No, I can get mad talking about food some more. Like, I mean, ever since, like, I don't even have, ever since I started going to the store, the price just keeps going up. So I'm just going to stop going to the store. Like you might be the problem. I, you tell me, you might it. be the cause. hundred percent. What am I talking about? I have food items right in head, right in front of me that I want to talk about. Um, one of our media employees brought in a pound and a half of deer meat that they were gifted and he didn't know what to do with it. Uh, so this morning I wanted to do some stuff with the jerky gun and a new dehydrator that we're bringing in. So I decided- You used the jerky gun without me, bro? Did you need footage of it? It's on the. It's on my board. <laughs> no, we'll do some more. It's not necessary. No, but uh, see that dehydrator right back there? Oh yeah. The, so we yeah. are bringing that in. Do you liked how that one turned out? I like how that turned out. It gets up to 195 degrees. It's got- good amount of space uh rack space for yeah. how many or for how big it is, is it like seven, uh, and it's got a 24-hour timer i've tested it over long periods of time it holds a temperature a lot better than other ones but the big one for us at least is it does 195 degrees our reasoning for telling people always not to do that's as low as that gets though that's as high as that oh it's as high as it gets yeah, okay. yeah. what's it um, start out at i have 50 probably. oh sweet perfect yeah. uh, but i don't know that so 195 yeah. 
our reason for telling people not to do jerky just in their dehydrators, because most of them top out at 160, and we need to get this meat to 160. For people who have heard me say this a lot, I apologize. Um, but with dehydrators especially, trying to cook your meat in them is a bad idea because 160, which is the point of instant lethality, needs moisture to get to there. And you run the risk of your meat being too dry, even if it gets to 160 degrees, to actually kill anything. So you're not making your meat safe like you think you are. Uh, or you might not be. But this one gets to 195. So I put it in 195, had it in there for an hour and a half, temp this, it was up to 160. And then it was actually like 158 something, but it's fine once it gets there. Then I backed that down to 160 degrees and left it in there for another two hours. And I would say it came out pretty delicious. And then cut forward. I like restructured jerky more and more. Yeah. Is I, that the jalapeno one too? This is the jalapeno one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you try any of it? No. You afraid of deer meat? <laughs> no. I is just, that what it is? Are you afraid? <laughs> that sounds like you're insecure, Patrick. That sounds like you're insecure about that. That's Why would you care? It's like when he, it's like when Joe Rogan said, he goes, does it make you more aggressive? <laughs> no, Joe. Yeah. Just, was, was that just, Burr? Yeah. He was, Burr. He's a meat. He's, he's, he, are you afraid of the deer meat? No, I do have plans coming up soon that I don't want to get sick for, but it might be a great way to stay in shape. So, What are those plans? I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to check my schedule. All right. Then we've got a sausage from one of our vendors who sent in some meat for uh, Bratfest. Couldn't be here for it. I'm not going to like this right off the bat. It's no insult to the processor. It's got potatoes in it. Oh. Uh, I don't like the look of it. I don't like the smell of it. What flavor is it? Potato Potato John? <laughs> what did I do with the bag? Dude, that would be Talk like. for a few. That's the last uh, business you'd come up with, right? Is like uh, your own potato chip company. Oh, God. Do you like, you don't eat potato chips either, right? I don't like potato chips either. Oh my gosh. He's ripping it. We're doing a whole scene. Are you I doing. Need to cut that open. It's somewhere else. What was that Leo movie that he won the. Was, oh, that, it's in the fridge. was it The Revenant? Looks like you're. I still haven't seen it. What? I got to make a whole list of stuff John hasn't seen and make it just public so everyone can yeah. no, I don't like give this. you a hard time. It is bacon. Which I don't taste, <clears throat> excuse me, which I don't taste at all. Potato and cheddar. Is it hot? No, I just taste the potato too much. I mean, is it warm? Uh-uh. It's fully cooked. Okay, I just, I was like, I'd eat some if it was warmed up. I don't want to try it cold, though. I'm going to start the, we'll see if that improves it. Cold sausage. Don't let me forget this. You remember when first take was called cold pizza? Do. Now that's television, dude. That, yeah. And then in honor of uh, Paul Hogan Day, yeah, I have my Quail Forever. Do you really think it's Paul Hogan Day? No. Okay. I was like, I told you that. I was like, that sounds like something you'd go, well, why would you even say it? Um, I have my Quail Forever knife that I bought at uh, the Ringneck Classic, which is coming up again in Colby, Maine. I bought this knife for like 500 bucks at entered me no 350 i think 350 it entered me into a drawing to win uh the gun of the night i did not win the gun of the night and i'm left with a 350 dollars knife that probably retails somewhere in the range of 60 bucks i thought you were saying it stabbed you you're like it entered me 
it entered me into oh the into the content. It is a cool like the shape of this knife is. It is neat, yeah. It's, right, it's it's not too aggressive. I don't hate it. It's a bit much. Like, if I came running out of my bedroom, chasing someone out of my house with this knife yeah. or with the Victorinox ten inch butcher's knife, which one's more Dude, intimidating? Pro that probably that one. This got one, sharper right? Edges on it, yeah. And because it's got this little hand guard thing, for some oh, reason that for adds. Sure, you don't slip off. Right, you can get a, a more. Yeah, forceful jab. I just the problem with, with boy Austin's gonna listen to this and regret not being the problem here. with a fast person with like a weapon that size and it's dark and them running at you. You don't know what it is until they're within ten feet. Yeah, <laughs> what is that in his hands? I really hope he just hope he's he's being a magic fairy or something. I can't tell, but I I hope you didn't just call me fast. <laughs> that ship was sailed many years quick. ago, dude. I just I'm imagining that story with that guy just running. Under light, under light, under light. When you're getting chased at night, you only see them run under the headlight or under street lights. So that would be scary. It is terrifying. Though my best 40 in high school, I think, was a 465. <laughs> Who's good? that's pretty fast, right? Yeah. They always like, take 40 times for football. Yeah, but see how you're just doing with your thumb. What if they just clicked yours a little too sure. early? Yeah. <laughs> oh very man. easily could have. I still think I could run a sub 540. <sighs> I I'm wish being, I had that confidence in myself. No, do you, I, do you, you, well, let me think. No, I just don't think your stride length would be there. I think you'd be like 5'2 or something at best. How long do I have to train? Mm, as long, I mean, from a football season into when the combine starts, whatever that is. Okay, I'm going to start training now. Perfect. Okay. Is there a it. bet on this? <laughs> no, I, I really don't, don't think I can I don't do like it. betting a lot. I like watching people bet, but. All right. Because I always lose every bet ever. Remind me to talk. I'm putting, I'm making a new podcast page entry right now. 40 time. So that. Who are you, Rich Eisen? What? He and I can. Unless it donates Austin to something, what's John, the point? He's not going to bet me on who runs the faster 40. Can John, can John run sub five? Sub five. 40. Okay. Who, so what are some athletes? So what's the most unathletic quarterback and what did he run? Like, like what was. Tom Brady ran a five. And that, I mean, and that's Tom Brady in college, too. 5.17 seconds. So if you can beat Tom Brady, which on paper, sweet, visually, his look, have you done a 40? Not in, not since I was in high school. Man, that should be fun. Sub 5.17. What's your technique starting off? I know you got to stay low, or do you just... Just get angry. What if you just see where you're at, and you're just like, oh, I'm at 4.8 no matter what, even if I don't yeah. train? <laughs> no, I'll, it's all, all athletic endeavors are just based on anger and it sounds like that's one of the point. one things you haven't done is just run for fun like you, you sound like not fun i mean but you've done like wait what used I've to been play doing lacrosse recently? you used to do this and then it's just like well why don't yeah, you I was just never run? in track um i was in really good shape one football season though and i ran a, like a five a sub 530 mile i remember mm -hmm. what it was but i was playing a lot of basketball that summer with my friends you're just anyways killer shape yeah. i found the best cardio in fact i have the amazing idea you know peloton bikes yeah. So I've been coming home and drinking two fingers of whiskey. Nice. Taking my dogs for a walk. Nice. Coming back, one more finger of whiskey, mm -hmm. an hour to an hour and a half of walking at an incline on my treadmill yeah. in my basement. What do you do while you walk? You Sometimes know? I play uh, PS5, the one Taylor let me borrow. Sometimes Sweet. I just watch internet videos. But if we had something like the Peloton. Yeah. But for that, and we had like a drink holder. Ooh. 
and we had somebody like, like a, Bert Kreischer. Like a timer, and then he's the guy. He's the one leading it. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, is that not an that. idea? Oh, I would. I, that's how I would work out. I'd 100% do that's that. That's how I'd work out. And Everyone, crack a beer. Listen, don't do more than this amount. Like, since I started doing this, yeah. I've not had a single hangover. <sighs> that's almost genius. Right? Because yeah. I'm sweating it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're just... There is some just getting used, you know, getting into a rhythm with it. And then your body's like, oh, here's what we're doing. We're on this schedule. And then, like I said, and then you're sweating it out and you're getting all the benefits of working out. It's, and it's not like your diet took a hit or you're not no. drinking. If anything, it's better. Like I said, you're probably, well, let me drink a little bit more water while I go on my walk before. Diet ginger like ale, but yeah, same sure. thing. Yeah. That's cool. So it's a, it's Peloton, but fun. What would you call it? Mm. There's got to be a fun name there. Do you play off the Peloton? I don't know. You just call it like no, I don't know because I I I'm so like, you play off birds, booze, and buzz. You can call it. Like, you got to get um, Bert in there somehow. Well, no, not Bert, booze, and buzz. Bert, but there's no like Bert's workout buzz, thing. In yeah, there. maybe. What about like off the rocks? Are you on the rocks? So maybe there's like little sayings, like bikes, rock, bikes there with rocks. Something's there. We'll workshop we'll it. Work, yeah. This is actually our process. We, I just shout things. It kind of is. <laughs> really kind of is. And right when we think we have a good one, I go, what about, what about, what about, hold on. What if you did this? But hold on. It works out too because that it, hunting it, commercial you did for Way out. FM is oh my amazing. God, that crushed. So we have a new, uh, Way FM is a Christian that? station um, that we advertise with here locally in Wichita. And we sent them a new read. Yeah, we sent um, them like stuff about our current sales just for them to say, you know, on the radio between spots or whatever. And then as a throwaway, I was like, hey, what about we've had this idea of like two guys in a hunting blind and one's like, where'd you get those meat snacks? And the other one's so impressed by him. He's too loud or something. Scares off the animals. Super, yeah. super broad, they super loose. It. Crushed it. Oh, absolutely nailed it. But we're probably not allowed to play that here, right? It's probably oh. restricted to airwaves. I don't. If it was a normal commercial, I'd say, yeah, of course we can play it. But there might be, um, but might because be they're like a nonprofit or some might be rules. They're, yeah, there are different rules. Like they can't ever say sale or price. Like price is a thing. So we can ask. We might be able to put it we on could logistics ask. or something. But. We could ask. We'll do that. All right, let's move on to meat matters. Unless you have anything else. No. That's okay. Uh, once that gets hot, we'll try those. All right. So for the first one, we have being vegetarian might be partly in your genes. This is from the Washington Post. It's more common than ever to talk about cutting back on meat. There are now vegetarians, vegans reductitarians, flexitarians, and pescatarians. That pescatarian one is fish. They'll eat fish. Uh, but the share of U.S. population not eating meat is on the decline. I am so proud of you, America. In 1999, 6% of U.S. adults said that they were vegetarian. In August, the figure was 4%. That is a great improvement. Uh, and Americans aren't even eating less meat overall. According to one study, per person meat consumption was about the same in 2000 as in 2019. Dude, good job. Uh, but no, it goes on to say that um, there might be a physiologic... I mean, we've long known that different people respond better to different diets. Um, I personally don't like eating vegetables, and I think my body reacts bad, badly to them, poorly to them. Um, but there are other people who absolutely, I mean, they're vegans who are super healthy. They're vegan bodybuilders. I mean, it can be done. It's just all about how your body responds to that. Um, and this article is just kind of more uh, 
evidence of that. How much did your fish consumption go down when you moved here? Now, I know you didn't That's go straight from East question. Coast to here, but like, I mean, it's I was, just hard to find I was a good- in Rochester. So it's, we had the, uh, one of the Great Lakes right there that, but now really I like I, places I go and eat out. I just there's never. I would say eighty percent. I mean, here no one goes. Hey, try the fish. Like right. it's never. You're never not going to get happen. a good good piece. Of, and if you do, you're going to know you did because you paid a lot for it. Right. Like you said, unless it comes with a a good sauce or a pasta with it as well, it's just like I don't really. See but even it. that, like, yeah. <clears throat> I would go out and I'd have you know clams casino or something yeah. like that. Never, ha I would say probably like 80%. I only off. know of what Clams Casino is from Shallow <laughs> How. Hey, now she's eating my Clams Casino. Like, you think I've ever went to a restaurant? Like, they have Clams Casino here. Yeah, my mom would always talk me out of going to Red Lobster. Ah, I see you wouldn't like it. I go, I don't know. I think it, like, That's sad. The, the commercials seem very, they make it seem pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if it's as good as they make the commercial <laughs> seem. I'm going to do something Austin oh, always God. does here. I'm going to use this as a utensil. It's It's just as trashy as I thought it was. Me using this as a utensil. No, red lobster. This is a trashy act. <laughs> These are not oh, yeah. meant to be forks. What are you talking about? He's always saying just flip it with the flip your steak with one or something. Right. And I make fun of him for that. <laughs> All right. So now we're trying it hot. What if it, is it blistering hot? It's not blistering. It's hot though. It's better warm. Well, yeah. Like you probably can't taste the potato or anything. That's not necessarily true of all sausage. There's some sausage that I like. Our Weisswurst. Yeah. I like that cold. Okay. Cold with a little bit of um, uh, spicy brown mustard. Delicious. Hot, it kind of loses something. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I know cheese, when it's hot, I lose a little bit of a flavor on it, but I think that's just universal. You like letting your pizza cool down a little bit before you get into a it? A little bit. So do I. There's not. Dude, there's something to be said for the perfect cheese pool. Like a few weeks ago when I had Little Caesars out of nowhere, like, sure, fashion faux pas when it comes to the pizza world. But I was just like, hold on, look at this. I had this spread of cheese and oh. it was just like crispy edges and perfect amount of pepperoni. I go, man, they crushed it today. I don't look down on Little Caesars pizza at all. For like out of like the Domino's, Pizza Hut, whatever, Little Caesars is what I'd go Walk with. in, go, oh, yeah. It's like, and it's so cheap. Anytime you've spent $30 more at a Pizza Hut or a Domino, you go, man, should have just got should've a little Caesars. Yep. Should have just got a little Caesars. Just done that. And, and you don't even wait. You just go, hey, what do you guys got? Imagine you go into a restaurant and you go, what, what's hot today, guys? All right, wait. Just because we're already on this, um, we're going to jump down if I can find it. There are, there's an article. All right. 11 fast food chains that use the highest quality beef in their burgers. Okay, let me guess. Let me let me give you the names of them first. Okay. Burgerfy, okay. Wendy's, okay. Shake Shack, okay. Muya. I tried. Never even heard of it. We had one. They closed it down. Culver's, In and Out, Elevation, Smash, Be Good, Hop. Hop Dottie Burger Bar? What is that? That's not... Dude, I can't even... Right? I Come know, on. I know Wendy's yes. and Shake Shack. Or like, That's an annoying... All right, which, which one do you think ranked higher? Shake Shack or Wendy's? Wendy's. Incorrect. Wow, Wendy's cool. was 10th. Shake Shack was 9th. Mm. Well, what's what's their top five? They're all going to be ones I don't think we know. Burger five? What? Uh, it is Hop Dottie Burger Bar. It is The Habit Burger Grill. 
<laughs> be good and smash burger Lame. smash burger is a style yeah how could you even coin that that's terrible the that article we, we had be. a we had a muyos on west street and i went there once with my brother because i i'd been there once or twice before and i was like dude i gotta show you this place it's like no one ever talks about it and it's the best you walk in there's slips of paper there and a pencil and you fill out on this paper all the toppings you want it's one of those places where the oh, toppings are, talking are comp. This. Yeah, so you go, do I want a single, double, triple? And there's not like the biggest burgers ever. So it's like back when you could be able to get a triple and it's not falling out of the dang stack of foil or whatever. And they crushed it. Seasoned fries, not even asking for it. You know what I mean? And uh, and we go back like a week later and it's they have it like all closed off just to like family or friends of someone there or whatever. Right. Like, but the door's not locked. So and there's cars there. I walk in. I'm like, I'm standing in line. And someone comes up to me like, oh, hey, this is a, it's like a private event or whatever. I was like, okay. At a burger during place? During normal business right. hours too. So I could see why that place didn't last in that location. But Makes sense. So yeah. So tell me, Muyaz is down on the list. Just talking about that makes me want a double quarter pounder with cheese. <sighs> I'm such a simple creature. When was the last time you had one of those though? Eight years, maybe yeah. even longer. I, I still crave them. I had one earlier this year at this location. How good was it? It didn't hit. Oh, that it helps. didn't hit. It wasn't like. Do you think it's this location or do you think it's. I no. saw a guy do a review of a one star McDonald's and a. Five star? I don't think it was. Well, whatever the highest. The, a higher star. Yeah. <laughs> and food wise, he said they were exactly the same. The only difference I think he said was the chicken nuggets. I think like. Because I got like no onions or no ketchup or whatever was on. So it was like, it was a touch dry okay. for what it was. And I only think that because they now toast both sides of the bun somehow, I think it goes through a conveyor instead. That's I think stupid. it used to just go on yeah. a top down uh, grill. It was better that way. Yeah. I don't, there was something to like, it looked fantastic, but like I, what, it's a pet peeve of mine. The the places with the boxes for the burgers. Uh-huh. I love a box. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. love a box. But this you was see, in a wrap. But do you see how they put them together, though? They got, like, bun on bottom of the box. Yeah. And then bun on top of the box. And then burger. And then they slam it together closed. Oh, that's dumb. They slam it together closed. So every time you get anything with lettuce in your car, yeah. that's why. Because they don't just place it on top. They slam it closed. I don't know. Every time I watch people prepare McDonald's food, like, hey, let me show you how we make this. And I'll sit there. I watch it. I go, oh, I wonder if it's different. Every time, dude. They slam the box down. Yeah, that's like dumb. it's called a pet peeve, whatever. But okay. my my car. We should do you, a, so. a fast food podcast. Oh, all right. We'd get an episode. That's it. We'd get one episode. Because I would bow out. I no, can't. No, eat, I, just I can't like, eat that again. We'd be like, well, that's everything we liked today on this one episode, and that's it. We did it all. All right. This is from Hayes Post. Um, it's a Kansas beef producers must get involved in a larger beef industry. Uh, this is from uh, a guy who's a member of the Cattlemen's Beef Board. I'm just going to read a, a short section of it. It says, you've probably seen and heard a lot of chatter about beef recently. From dietary guidelines and sustainability claims to meat substitutes and animal welfare and everything in between. Of course, much of that chatter is not factual. However, it still has the potential to affect beef purchases at grocery store or restaurants, which impacts not just my livelihood, but that of the nearly 800,000 other beef producers in the United States today. During my short time on Cattlemen's Beef Board, I've learned how the Beef Checkoff actively monitors television, online, and social media to discover emerging issues that could threaten consumer confidence in beef. 
By knowing what issues are out there, the checkoff can fund research that will help the beef industry uncover and share the facts about our product's sustainability, nutrition, safety, and quality. Those efforts come to life through checkoff-funded initiatives like middle and high school curriculums about greenhouse gases and cattle, attendance at New York City's Climate Week conference and immersion events that bring inner city teachers to real farms to learn about how much we producers care for our land and the cattle. There are partnerships with the American Heart Association to educate consumers about beef's role in a healthy diet, as well as programs providing healthcare providers with educational content through webinars and in-office visits and professional conferences. So uh, for those people in the beef industry who have complained about the, the checkoff program in the past, um, I seem to see way more about it in the news. Um, it still absolutely has a, a valid and vital role in making sure that uh, Americans' love affair with beef continues. I'm going to turn that off. I can hear it and it's bothering me. <laughs> All right. Anthrax confirmed in South Dakota <laughs> beef herd. All right. All right. Uh, calm down, Patrick. I don't want to hear a single reference. No, I don't even like that band. Okay. The, cool. That's uh, when I was, we missed last week's podcast. So some of these stories are from that. Um, when I was telling Patrick about this initially, he's like, oh, I could go into the the big five. He's talking <laughs> about like the five major. Please. Are they called, is it called power metal? It's the big four. Heavy metal. And yeah, it's thrash metal. Thrash metal. There we go. All right. Anthrax has been confirmed in South Dakota the first time this year in a beef herd located in Zybeck County. According to South Dakota veterinarian Beth Thompson, several animals were found dead in an unvaccinated herd containing approximately 150 pairs. The Animal Disease Research and Diagnostic Laboratory at S South Dakota State University um, confirmed that the disease from samples submitted by the herd veterinarian. The Animal Industry Board has quarantined the affected herd and will quarantine any additional affected herds. Anthrax is an economically devastating disease for all livestock because it can cause rapid loss of many animals in a short time. Affected animals are often found dead. Anthrax spores survive indefinitely in soil, and much of South Dakota has the potential of having contaminated soil. Um, or if the quarantine South Dakota, all of it, <laughs> the whole thing. <clears throat> so I was kind of interested because you know anthrax is not something that I think of outside of like a chemical no, warfare. No, that's thing, what I'm saying. Right? So did it say in that article like what like spawned it exactly? That's exactly what I'm going to get to. We did not plan that. Good, good job, Patrick. Um, so I looked up like kind of what can cause anthrax to activate in the soil because apparently it can just sit in there dormant forever. It says weather events such as drought. Floods and winds can expose the anthrax spores to livestock. Other factors that affect the spores are certain soil types, high humidity, high temperatures, which allow the anthrax spores to become infectious to grazing livestock. So is it too dry? You're going to get anthrax. Is it too wet? You're going to get anthrax. <laughs> oh, too windy? Geez. Too hot? Too cold? Too whatever. Anthrax apparently is coming for us what all. What a great cover. Sounds like it was... <laughs> An act of terrorism. So all I could think of when I was reading that was the uh, um, Parks and Rec meme. You undercook chicken, straight directly to jail. Straight to jail. Overcook, jail. jail. So under, jail, over. I thought that was from Portlandia. No, no, that's, uh, that's an episode of him in uh, Crazy. Parks and Rec. Crazy, I never Rec. assumed. It's the one where they have their sister city visiting from Venezuela, mm. and they're concerned because they think the Venezuelans are poor, but <laughs> they're the government down there, so they, like, 
are incredibly wealthy. So they look down on Pawnee. <laughs> it's funny. All right. Packer capacity. This is from Drovers 19. It says the global COVID-19 pandemic provided historic windfall profits for beef packers, but at its peak, the packing industry was a bottleneck that drove many cattle producers toward financial ruin. Harvest-ready cattle backed up in feedlocks as packers were banking obscene profits. That scenario spurred producers to explore building their own packing plants, bypassing that bottleneck and keeping the profits for themselves. Fast forward three years and progress toward increased packing capacity has begun. At least eight projects that have a potential to add 11,700 head to daily harvest capacity are in various stages of completion. The three smallest of those projects, all with a daily harvest of 500 head, are operating now. So here are a few of the big ones. Sustainable beef, which we've talked about in the past, is in Nebraska, and that'll be 1,500 a day. Producer-owned beef Amarilla is 3,000 head a day. American Group is 2,400. Missouri Prime is 500. Cattleman's Heritage Beef, we've talked about that one as well, is 1,500 a day, and Iowa Prime is 1,300 a day. Most of those are right in our area of the country, right in the Midwest. So good on us. Um, each of the eight new ventures is unique in its own way, though all aim to produce high-quality beef in a sustainable manner. They also aim to be more efficient and more environmentally friendly. Yet none can escape the glaring realities that all beef packers will face in the next few years. Chief among those challenges is the shrinking cattle herd in the U.S. and how well startup packers can compete. That fact becomes even more pronounced as cow herd production efficiencies approved, says John Nelvicki butchered that, uh, president of Sterling Marketing in Vail, Oregon. Production efficiency is a key issue driving structural change. The U.S. cattle herd peaked at 132 million in 1975 and produced 24 billion pounds of beef. Our herd is now one-third smaller and will produce 27 billion pounds or 15% more than in 1975. So a third less animal and... 2 billion pounds more. That is efficiency and ingenuity. It's also, you know, we're making them a lot fatter through breeding and through <laughs> what we feed them. But as we've said a million times, fat is flavor. So I'm good with that. Uh, sustainable Beef LLC construction, nearly 20% completed. Uh, this is from the article. What I told David is that the best plants in the United States, but the next one we build will be a little bit better. That's just what we try to do in these projects to figure out the best way to do things. Sustainable beef plant is an improvement on the last project that we built. Also address the state-of-the-art facility will do in parts controlling odor and pollution emitting from the plant. The odors in the fumes when they warm. So we cool the fumes down to start with. Then we run them through scrubbers. And then we have a chemical that goes on them. So when we discharge them in the air, there's no odor to it because the odor has been cleaned out of through our air system. I grew up in Fort Morgan, Colorado. We had a sugar factory and a beef plant, and it was like a sewer right along the road. So I grew up knowing what that was all about. It's really important to be a good neighbor, and I know that's how David feels as well. We actually had some people from the town travel to the plant we built near Boise, Idaho, to try to detect an odor and check out or and check it out since it's a twin plant of sustainable beef. 1,105,000 cubic yards of fill have to travel to the site or have traveled to the site in recent weeks. That's an insane amount of fill. 
That's yards. So multiply that by three and a half. Well, three, I guess. It's almost as big as Uncle Phil. But I'm pumped. This next one we're going to skip because Austin's not here. Uh, so why do we call it chicken, chicken, but cow becomes beef? This is from Ooh, Eater Magazine. Good question. All right. Pork is pig. Beef is cow. Veal is calf. Why is chicken just chicken? The guy who's writing this article says it's a hierarchy, but I don't believe that. And he studied at Cambridge a bunch, so I'm going to throw his, What's up? What's he, what his opinion, I don't know, completely out. What's he even trying to say? I just assume he's wrong. This is from a, a <laughs> random Redditor, and it sounds way more reasonable Perfect. to me. It was an intentional decision by big beef and big, big pork. You see, people might think that cows and pigs are cute and feel bad for eating them. But these lobbyists decided that calling them beef and pork would artificially introduce a degree of separation in the mind of the consumer. Big chicken didn't bother because really, chickens are awful animals. I say. Here's another one that I like even better from a different Redditor. It was an intentional decision by big beef and big pork. You see, people might think that cows and... Oh, I copied the same thing. <laughs> There's a better one out there that I don't have now. Oh, bummer. And I can't even remember well, what, what it is. What are your original thoughts on? No, I think they're right. Yeah. yeah, I think that is what it is. Cow. I think people don't care about a chicken because you, you don't, you look into a chicken's eyes, there's nothing there. You ever look into a cow's eyes? They're like really soft. Oh, yeah. Well, we like, cat, like, like besides, people are, besides foghorn leghorn, I don't like name what's another famous chicken. No, you know? like, good point. People like their chicken. So, have you seen the mini um, Shetland cows that people are keeping as pets now? Oh, yeah. They're adorable. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely the adorable. Yeah, cows are fine. Cows, I would are, still cows eat, are like a big dog. You ever see I would them? eat that thing in a minute, though, if I had to. They're just minding their business. Just, oh, I'm in the well. Let me get out of here. Right. It's just like, it's like a dog. I've seen them play with those big inflated balls. For sure. Oh. It's like a hippo that won't kill you. It's great. And we ride. Mm. What were we talking about? If I could kill any animal, mine would be a hippo. If, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was here. Was that not no, here? No, I remember you saying something about hippos. I was but it might've been your own question. Somebody, I might be, somebody asked, or I asked myself, um, if I could hunt any animal in the world, what would it be? I think I asked you that. And I went with a hippo, though bear would be really high on that list because the next time someone goes, you know, in Africa, the most dangerous animal is actually <laughs> the hippo. I'd go, you know, in Africa, I killed one of those hippos. That's why mine's moose. Number two, uh, land animal uh, fatality. Moose is a good one too. Yeah, I'd be like, those things are huge. I just like them though. They look cool. Um, there are now a breeding population of hippopotamuses in South America. Oh, they're getting there. Huh? They're not native to there. Some drug dealer brought a breeding pair of them over, Dude. like to have in this pond of his, and yeah. they have he he got arrested. Nobody did anything about the hippos, so there are now hippos in South South America. It's I'm telling you, it's not long before we're back in the food chain. Do you know what percentage of wildlife has disappeared from the Florida Ever, Ever, Everglades? I can't say that word. Everglades uh, because of the reticulated and whatever other python. No, is it a lot? Is it substantial to be bringing it? It's in the ninety percent. Oh my god, the pythons! Like they that say, they stuff. never see deer there anymore. They never see rabbits there anymore because they've just eaten. Everything. Oh, that reminds me. Did you read about the 13-foot python in the Oklahoma trailer park that was eating all the cats? No. True story. I just saw it on the news like yesterday or something. So, 13 feet. Imagine you're just like enjoying your, oh, hon, I think I'm going to take, you know, 
take a load off and then just go outside, smoke a cig, and then you look outside like, oh, hey, Mr. J- Bojangles, and then <laughs> you go, Jesus, what was I'm that? I'm not even afraid of snakes, and that would... That freaked me out. That, oh, yeah. That freaked me out. 13 foot, that might just grab you and consume you. I might just you. burn down the whole trailer. That'd consume Cats you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. you'd find us eggs, right? Yeah. No. no oh. Yeah, I don't like that at all. That's the that's like the first scene to whatever instead of Jurassic Park, it just call it Earth. Like what have you ever seen on a menu a dry cured burger? No. Sorry, not dry cured, dry aged burger. Man. Maybe once or twice. I mean I don't think the anchor had one, but they Sounds like if they, they were to, have, they'd yeah. have because they had their own kind of butcher shop there. So yeah. it's like you trust anyone to not just. Anchor's great. I don't think it's there anymore. <gasps> As of when? There's a one closer to you out here. They just call it Rail Hoppers now. Oh, I ate at Rail Hoppers last weekend. Did you notice it was the anchor? No. It was like the I same. noticed they had an amazing beer selection. Okay. Well, it might have. Like, I don't know if they changed the menu. We tried them out the first week they were over there, and it was like verb, like the same paper menu as my burger answer. was phenomenal. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right. But I really want to try a dry aged burger now. They sound expensive. They're coming, like, apparently they're becoming more popular. Because when you dry age, you know, a, a big chunk of meat, you cut off all the stuff outside. But there's still going to be more you trim off of it that is technically good meat. So they're now making burgers with that. And maybe they have for a while, but I really want to try one. All right. Lawsuit highlights why meat has been overpriced for 40 years. This is from the American Prospect. They seem socialist, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, But a separate case from the Department of Justice against an agricultural analysis service called AgriStats is perhaps the most emblet emblematic see why, even, why just there's another just, word they yeah, can just pick. use regular words of the old patterns of corporate america and the new aggressiveness of this wave of antitrust enforcement agristats as described in the complaint is essentially a workaround for explicit collusion by meat processors the company delivers weekly reports based on proprietary data to give that given to them by meat processors which have so much granular detail that everyone in the industry knows precisely what everyone else is doing, including the prices they're offering. This allows for specific coordination that raises prices for everyone purchasing meat while boosting profits from the pro- or for the processor middlemen. I don't like the tone of this guy's article. <laughs> um, this is... More from that article. It says, what's incredible after reading this case is that AgriStats has been allowed to exist out in the open for nearly 40 years. There are similar third-party facilitators in other industries, like the airline-owned airline tariff publishing company, which publishes up-to-the-minute airfares for over 500 airlines numerous times per day. The Justice Department sued ATPCO in 1992 for price fixing, but it ended in a settlement that didn't fundamentally change the business. It took 30 years for a new DOJ to bring essentially the same complaint against AgriStats with the mountain of data to back it up. So we could see some changes coming to the beef industry. They will just get around it in some other way, but there might be at least a little disruption. So when you started that, you said, take with a grain of salt. Where did that saying come from? Have we dove into that? And why would it even be related? So salt used to, uh, this is a guess, 
right? Salt used to be super valuable um, because it was a way to preserve meats. So take it with a grain of salt. I assume you would take a few grains of salt out and like check to make sure it was of quality. Maybe. That's my guess. Maybe. All right. Uh, drought causes North Texas ranchers to reduce herds driving meat prices up. Pressures from years of widespread drought and rising costs of raising cattle are forcing ranchers in North Texas and across the U.S. to manage smaller herds. Beef production is expected to decline by 24.7 billion pounds, a historic low according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. With fewer cattle being raised, experts say consumers should expect the price of beef at grocery stores to rise to new highs. A major, major culprit for raising fewer cattle is drought. Almost the entire western half of the country experienced drought conditions last year, according to the University of Nebraska's U.S. Drought Monitor. This year, the majority of Texas is experiencing abnormally dry to exceptional drought conditions this year, according to the Monitor. I haven't seen it last this long because it's been two summers in a row now. It's really bad. It's been bad before, but then we recover the next spring. This year, this is not happening. So more bad news for people who want to buy their beef at a grocery store. My recommendation to you, find your local meat processor, order a quarter, and get a deep freeze in your basement. I've done that, and I spend way less money at the grocery store now. So Now, take that with a grain of salt. But the the hypothesis of the phrase's origins include <laughs> Pliny the Elder's Naturalist Historia regarding the discovery of a recipe for an antidote to a poison. In the antidote, one of the ingredients was a grain of salt. Threats involving the poison were th thus to be taken with a grain of salt, and therefore less seriously. What website is that from? Wikipedia. I would definitely take that with a grain of salt. For sure. Wow. that's so, Dude, the whole website. Why don't they just call it grain of salt? Is an all-meat diet what nature intended? This is from The New Yorker. Interesting article. It's really long, but it has some good information. This is the part I want to read. For... Gresco and Saldino, the crisis of modernity is not as many meat influencers insist an excess of seed oils, carbohydrates, and plant defense chemicals, but a collapse of diversity. Gresco takes the ready to, uh, the reader to 23,000-year-old site in eastern Africa, which foragers once feasted on 20 species of mammal, 16 families of bird, nearly 150 kinds of nuts, seeds, fruits, and legumes. He transported us to this word I'm not saying because I have no idea. A bustling Neolithic supplement in settlement in Antolia where the fares included sheep, goat, wild cattle, wild boars, waterfowl, and an impressive array of plant foods such as plums, figs, acorns, almonds, hackberries, pistachios, and wild mustard. Do you know what was missing from all of those? Mm -mm. Leafy vegetables. Oh, man. There was nothing they were eating that was like, Lettuce, yeah. kale, Ooh, broccoli. People step on that. Why All of that there? stuff yeah. is not in there. Everything that listed above there is either comes from you know some form of tree, an animal. We shouldn't be eating leafy vegetables. No, for sure. Uh, Iowa pork producer, you use viral Iowa State University football photo and marketing campaign, and it is absolute, absolutely delicious. Or delicious. Genius and delicious. It says, take it from these guys. And then it has four players 
standing with their backs to the camera, and it is Purchase is the first guy's na- last name. More Hamman, so H A M A N N is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Bacon. So it's Purchase More Ham and Bacon. Sweet. Absolutely genius. Loved it. Uh, Yellowstone visitors watch a bear chase a herd of elk around a hot spring. This was an awesome video. Patrick sent this to me. It is people up on the, a walkway around a hot spring and you just kind of hear them yelling. And then you see some elk running around. And this, what looks like a good sized bear, just comes charging through and chasing the elk all around. Kind of seems like the elk getaway. Shame for Dude, the bear. The bear could have took just a left turn and just like, all right, well, I'm just taking a person eat, eating people. Yeah. Now. Yeah. They're watching it like it's a show in Branson or something that they're just like, oh, they do this. They do this at the top of the hour. They all chase each other around and they're just filming it, not saying a word. And just the bear's like, oh, wait, those people. Oh, no elk over here. And then she keeps going for it. So it, it must not know how tasty. Dude, are. we were like, I mean, what are we a week or two away from someone filming themselves in getting, HD just getting it, destroyed? It's constant. It seems like it's constant now. Destroyed. We're always seeing more and more dumb interactions with. You know, it seems like Yellowstone's where it always happens. You know, it's it's not funny, but it's unfair. Is like they the news they they publish the story, the headline, the videos embedded, and they show everything except the kill nowadays. It's just like we I'm there, hook line and sinker. You got me up front, and then they yada over the best part. Then it comes back with a blur, and I go, "What? You made me eat my <laughs> yeah? I'm here, man. My vegetables and my potatoes. We're here Why too. won't you serve me the yeah, steak? Come on, it's what I came for. <laughs> All right, non meat news. Um, Bonnie T- Tyler on Total Clips of the Heart and Meatloaf. Apparently, Meatloaf like the singer really tried to steal that song from her. Which song? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, total. I would kill to hear Meatloaf sing that song. Oh. I love Meatloaf. Yeah, he's cool. Um. Search for swimmer who may have been attacked by shark. He's got something. Meatloaf. Scott Ian from Anthrax. That's his father-in-law. Really? Boom, baby. Tying the whole podcast together. That's what a real producer does. All right. Search for search continues for swimmer who may have been attacked by a shark off Point Reyes. This is in San Francisco um, or just north of San Francisco. They reported a cloud of blood around this person. And then they've been searching for the body for three days. Got a good idea where the body is, and you're not recovering that unless you find the shark and kill it. Um, then there was another woman who was savaged by a great white in a bloody double attack in South Africa or, or Australia, Western Australia. She was swimming with a bunch of other people. The shark grabbed her foot, came back, grabbed her leg, and was pulling her out to sea. And people jumped in and got her and rescued her, and she survived. Uh, grizzly bear kills couple and their dog. Oh, dude, is- I was so bummed when I read that. I go, the dog didn't get yeah, away. Yeah, the dog didn't get away. So that do- that's a good dog. It tra- uh, stayed to try to protect them, I bet. Unless it got killed first. I wonder what my dogs would do. Get- Brutus would be nervous at first and then probably. What kind of dog was it? I didn't read it. How do you think it got- I didn't read that information, but yeah. it says they were notified of the incident on Friday evening. This is rescue services after receiving a GPS alert used to report bear attacks. A specialized response team then traveled on foot overnight through the mountains and located the deceased couple some five hours later. Uh, Imagine trying to get sleep that night out on the trail. Nah. Uh, we're going to go look for uh, some people who were killed by a bear. Good night. Excuse me? No, thanks. Who's taking first watch? 
The bear still displaying aggressive behavior was euthanized on site to ensure public safety. All right. Now, what's peaceful behavior from a bear look like? I don't think there is any peace when they're hibernating. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's coming right for us. I mean, they're basically (laughs) just up eating things all day long. Man. Or trying to mate. What do you think they got it with? How did did they euthanize it? Oh, I hope a, a very large gun. What, what, I can't imagine another. They just got to throw a gun at him? A bullet coming out of a very large gun. Ugh. Maybe they were like throwbacks and were using an <laughs> addle addle. Um, an estimated 691 grizzly bears live in Alberta, 65 of them in Banff National Park, according to Parks Canada. Only 14% of grizzly bear attacks are fatal. What? Right? Oh. I thought it'd be way higher than that. I so a guy that was on the side of a cliff. If I ever a bear ran at him, he's like, ah. That's a black bear. Yeah, it was a that's black where bear. like he kind of ah, almost like flips yeah, it over. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. That guy's a maniac. That's intense. Again, ah, that guy ne- should never have to buy oh, a sure. beer ever again. He should just sit down at a I'm bar and say, people. "I will show you this video and tell you the story. You buy my beer." I would be like, "Yes, I'm in." We gotta tell people it's you every time. I oh, do my. Boss, <laughs> I know that guy. My boss. That, I know that, that one. Guy. No, 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 dude. I'm going to be the Bobcat guy. I do. I did tell you that I know somebody now who knew that lady who oh, was killed un- by the grizzly. Yeah, right? that's unfortunate. Yeah, very unfortunate. Because I have so many inappropriate questions. I just want to be like, yeah, so, I know. It's hard. You know, too bad. All right, that's what I got. You got anything else? I don't think so. Look for a new pop quiz next time we get together because Austin uh, was feeling under the weather. So yeah, we're going to try to make it extremely, extremely tough and difficult. So, so these are going to be difficult ones. Difficult. I, I kept, I was like, harder, harder. Give me the hardest question do you have. So Did they get too hard though? No, I, I think they got, they zero. just got more wordy. Like they got, it was almost just dive deep, oh, a deeper no. dive onto like some of the, they weren't repeat questions, but it really diving into like, what's a nitrate? Like what's, what's the active role of phosphates? What okay. do they do? Okay. Does it do this, this and that? Um, But the questions about the aren't phrased in a way where I'm going to misunderstand them and like be answering the wrong thing. I don't right? think so. Cause even when that is a possibility, it's only down to like, two potential answers okay. and it's so we still have a good chance yeah. of guessing correctly cool cool all right. all right see you guys next time thanks for checking out the meat Logistics podcast to shop everything but the meat head on over to waltons.com to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com waltons everything but the meat